0: Hello, welcome to Native Minnesota, a podcast about the Native American experience in Minnesota and beyond. I'm your host, Rebecca Crook Stratton, Secretary-Treasurer of the shakopee Midwakton Sioux Community. Our tribe launched this podcast in 2021. It's a project of Understand Native Minnesota, our campaign to improve the narrative about Native Americans in Minnesota's public schools. Over the past year and a half, we've been honored to have many fantastic Native leaders on our podcast. Each guest has a different area of expertise, whether it's education, Indigenous food, or public service, but each uses their unique voice to shine a light on Native cultures and communities. Here's a look at some of my favorite snippets from the podcast so far. Last year, I had the pleasure of interviewing Sean Sherman, the award-winning Lakota chef and founder and CEO of The Sioux Chef. He spoke about growing up on the Pine Ridge Reservation, becoming a chef, and his journey to focus his culinary skills on indigenous foods.
1: So I became a very young chef in Minneapolis in the early 2000s and just did that and a few years into my chef career, I had this epiphany of doing what I'm doing because I realized the complete absence of Native American indigenous foods anywhere in the culinary world. Everything was so Eurocentric, you know. Everything was about French food, and Spanish food, Italian food, and um, there was just no mention of here and what our ancestors were eating and what they were growing, how what they're harvesting, and how are they preserving foods. So it really set me on a path to try to truly understand, you know, what what my Lakota ancestors are eating. And then eventually after studying that for quite a while, it opened me up to really looking at all the different groups around us and trying to understand indigenous diversity in general, because there's so much of it everywhere. And it's so unique and so special no matter where you look at it. So I feel like there's so much for us to learn and to preserve when it comes to indigenous values. And it's just looking at what are the true foods of North America, where we're standing.
0: On the topic of understanding Indigenous culture and diversity, we had a special episode this summer with a Shakopee Midwakton Sioux community member, Rosemma Lafferty. Rosemma helps organize our tribe's annual Wachipi or powwow. She has also danced in our Wachipi and was SMSC
1: royalty.
2: Royalty is about being an ambassador for your tribe, going out to different powwows, traveling around the world, and being a representation for yourself, your people, and your community. And why I love to dance is because it brings a lot of joy to me. It brings me energy, even when I don't have it. And I dance for the ones who aren't able to dance anymore and the ones who are no longer here.
0: Earlier this year, I welcomed Dennis Olson to our podcast, he is the commissioner of the Minnesota Office of Higher Education and spoke about his early experiences that led him to a career in education and his current role.
3: Most of my my young years, um, I had the had the opportunity that I, I share often with with colleagues uh, to attend uh, tribal Head Start. Actually, so I'm uh, I'm a product of of the tribal Head Start system uh, at Fond du Lac. Um, and you know, really, that that gave me kind of my first start um, into the the differences, uh, you know, between between some of our education systems. I loved that when I was I was a, a young guy, three, four, five years old, having the opportunity to learn uh, our Ojibwe language, and I've kept some of that, you know, with me uh, throughout my throughout my life. But um, yeah, you know, I really. I really had an incredible opportunity as an undergraduate student at the University of Minnesota to uh, work as an undergrad research assistant with the College of Education and the Institute on Community Integration. And we had um, had federally funded grants to work with native students all across the state of Minnesota and work with students with disabilities all across the state uh, focused on their life after high school what they wanted to do, whether that be, you know, go to college, uh, look at a, look at a career opportunity, uh, something in between, look at military options. And that was really what ignited my passion for, for education. Um, I came to the university actually as um, an, an engineering student. I wanted to be an engineer and having that opportunity to work directly with, with native students that we're only a few years younger than me at the time i was i was a sophomore when i started that position uh at the university and you know it, it's been an honor um you know to to step into roles to be able to serve um you know my own communities and to serve my own my own people and and do it through uh through the lens of education it's just been incredible so I've, i i am appreciative of the journey i've i've been on um and and where i am currently and Um, Look forward to to building upon that uh, further on in my career if if needed.
0: The important role education plays in our lives is a common theme on the podcast. Dr. Kate Bean, the executive director of the Minnesota Museum of American Art, addressed that during our
2: conversation this past spring. And I come from a family of educators. My mom was a kindergarten teacher. My, My father was a college instructor. And you know, coming from that background of education, the fact that the M was founded as a school by community people. But thinking about when it was founded in the 1890s, that those community people did not include us, (laughs) you know, and that the mission really over the years has been about community partnerships and community art and really focusing on those artists that don't always get as elevated as prominently as others. Um, There's a lot of big focus on craft there's a big focus on artists who, who don't have the same exposure as others. And we have a, a collection of 5,000 um, wonderful pieces that speak to a lot of diverse facets of Minnesota and represent a lot of diverse communities. We have 100 George Morrison works, and it's the largest collection of George Morrison works. And his, his, uh, his work is most recently being featured on the U.S. Postal Stamp. And two of those Um, Two of those works come from our collection. And so you think about who is the Minnesota Museum of American Art. You can't can't have a Minnesota Museum of American Art without indigenous art, without Native people, um, without Dakota representation and Ojibwe representation and Ho-Chunk representation. Speaking of education
0: and representation, My Tribes Understand Native Minnesota campaign commissioned a research report on that very topic. The report is called Restoring Our Place. We surveyed Minnesota educators to understand what resources they are using to teach Native subject matter and what they need to be successful. I spoke with the report's author, Odea Wood Kruger, about this work and what she learned from it.
4: I also take away from this report that we just really haven't set people up for success. And so when we see this report, it's 617 folks responded. And I just think, all right, here are the people who really want to do better, right? I would say 99% of the people who responded want to do better. And they said, you know, we're doing the best we can with what we've got, but we don't have a lot and we're kind of fumbling along and we wish we knew more and we really don't want to cause any more harm. And that was really, I guess it was kind of healing for me. Because I maybe had harbored a little bit of anger, like, why aren't they doing more? And why aren't they working harder? And so for me, my key takeaway is that we're asking teachers to do a lot of things that we haven't set them up to be, to feel successful in doing. And that's a shame, because as Native people, we never want people to be shamed or blamed or, you know, put, made uncomfortable. And um, I think, I think this is... I look at this as the potential for a great partnership. And as we move forward, who knows where we can go when we work together? And that's really what I hope we take away from this. Another influential research
0: project is Reclaiming Native Truth, which studied common misconceptions about tribes and Native people nationally. Crystal Echohawk, who co-led the research and is the executive director of Illuminative, had this to say about it you
5: know, Reclaiming Native Truth is something I founded in in, in co-led. And and really, I, you know, as I, I talk about it, you know, it's the largest public opinion uh, research project ever done um, about Native peoples and by Native peoples, for Native peoples. And the shakopee middle Sioux community was one of our very first investors in that work. And it was a total of a $3.3 million research project. Um, and, you know, it had really never been done before. And I think, you know. When I look back when this sort of genesis of reclaiming native truth, it started back in kind of 2015. And, you know, I've worked my whole life in Indian country. I've worked for my own tribe. I've worked for a variety of different Native nonprofit organizations, really advocating for particularly our Native youth and families, but you know, for tribal sovereignty and for the rights of Native peoples. And, you know, I think like so many of us in our lives, you know, whether we're advocates, you know, for for Native rights or just everyday living, breathing as Native people, I think we constantly encounter this sense of like, we feel invisible and not seen, um, you know, not feeling like our issues are taken seriously um, in this country and that, you know, more often than not, you know, we're reduced to caricatures and stereotypes. Um, it's a way that we're represented in, in Hollywood and, and the media and even, you know, in philanthropy and in a variety of different sectors. And We wanted to be able to unpack all of this so that we could really begin to understand, you know, why why are we treated this way? Why are we so invisible on society and and how do we how do we move forward? So it wasn't just about research to understand that it was really about how do we set strategy to really make a difference. And, you know, through the course of that research, we found that the number one threat to native peoples is our invisibility. And, you know, it was research done by, you know, for example, Professor Sarah Shears that found that 87% of schools in the country don't teach about native peoples past 1900. So literally generation after generation of Americans are conditioned to think that, you know, we, we no longer exist. Right. And probably the last thing they learned about us might have been in middle school about wounded knee, And that was it. Um, You know, contemporary American, you know, high school students aren't even taught in their government classes about tribal
0: sovereignty. There's so much to gain by having Native voices in the conversation. And Karen Diver is a perfect example of that. Karen is the senior advisor to the president for Native American affairs at the University of Minnesota after serving as tribal chairwoman, professor, and special assistant to President Obama for Native American affairs.
6: But a lot of our Native families are like that, right? Um, they're, they're non-traditional learners, um, you know, just trying to find their way. Um, and so, you know, interestingly for me enough, I get to retroactively improve my life, right? Um, I get to kind of take care of some of those things that I knew were barriers for me, like navigating the system. You know, how do you problem solve within the University of Minnesota? What things are negotiable, what things are not? I didn't know that, you know, if you transfer in between campuses and some of your credits don't transfer that you can appeal it. Well, building support systems for students means that there's somebody there that can help them with those things. So. My advice is the world isn't necessarily built for indigenous peoples, um, but we make it ours by our participation and our voice. Who would have thought, you know, a young Indian girl would have a degree in economics, Um, but the world makes a little more sense to me for understanding it. So we need to learn about these institutions to figure out how we can participate better, um, how we can make a difference, how our voices can be heard, where we need to be advocates. So if you want safe and you want everything familiar, then unfortunately the sacrifices of our ancestors will be for naught because they wanted us to have a place in the world and they wanted us to have whatever place we wanted. And higher ed is one of the ways that you get there.
0: Someone who has been working to increase Native representation in our government here in Minnesota is Lieutenant Governor Peggy Flanagan, who is currently our country's highest ranking Native woman elected to executive office. I've been friends
7: with Tim Walls for a very long time um, and You know, making sure that our tribal nations, um, treaty rights, tribal sovereignty, honoring this government to government relationship has always been important to him. It certainly was when he was in Congress. And so, you know, even when we were on the campaign trail, it was I want to make sure that people look at Minnesota as a model for how to try to get this this right. And so it's been a priority um, of ours since the beginning. And now our task is, you know, we've been in office for three years. Um, I hope there are more in our future. But if not, you know, we've been able to establish our tribal state relations office, these expectations that are now codified into law, that's simply the work that Minnesota should have been doing for the last 163 years. You shouldn't have to have Native people in office to do right by Native people. Uh, but here we are. We're making that change. And um we also wouldn't have been able to, you know, arrive at this point and have that law, if you know the tribes themselves weren't pushing for it, working on the legislation. It was um, a real collective effort, and I'm excited to see what else we can do um, when we're working together uh, on issues that are priorities both for the tribes and for um, the state of Minnesota.
0: If you're new to this podcast or have only sampled it before, I hope these highlights will pique your curiosity to dive into our past episodes. You'll learn from our fascinating guests about the wide range of experiences among Minnesota people in Native communities.